0: Hey, this is the Still Talking Podcast, our Reverend industry podcast with Colton, Zeno, and myself, Brian. Today, we have a very special guest. It is one of the few people we talk about a lot on this podcast. Nicole, you're going to be excited to know that we talk about you incessantly. I know that's really creepy, um, but we're okay with that. So, Nicole Austin.
1: This just got a little bit awkward. <laughs>
0: Oh, come on. It was awkward way before that. I thought you were introducing John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So our, our deal, Nicole, is we talk about you, John Jeffrey, and like Maggie Campbell consistently, like as kind of our heroes in the industry. Oh, my God. I feel so, so honored
1: is, to be in that crew.
0: Right. It's a good group of people. We're going to leave Johnny to like the very last episode. Like when we inevitably get shut down by iTunes or whoever decides that we're uh, (coughs) not worth having on the air, (laughs) he's going to be the last one and it will never get
1: published. That makes perfect sense. That seems totally appropriate. Like this, Mm -hmm. this like legendary whiskey that like never really exists and like never actually makes it to fruition. Like that's actually super appropriate. It's like, oh, don't worry. We'll interview him one day. It'll be like 12 years from now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's gonna be the uh, Pappy Ben Winkle of the podcast. <laughs> but I don't wanna talk about Johnny because Johnny sucks right now. I love you, Johnny. I wanna talk about you. And you <laughs> just bought a house, which I know is the key thing that we all want to hear about.
1: Oh man. I know. Well that's how you can tell I'm super committed to the job that I'm doing because I <laughs> uh signed a mortgage.
0: Right. So uh tell listener who doesn't know where are you at now?
1: I am currently my distillery is in Tullahoma, Tennessee. And the house that I just purchased is in Shelbyville, Tennessee, which is about 20 minutes from Tullahoma. And I am the general manager and distiller for Cascade Hollow Distilling Company. And you would, of course, be (laughs) forgiven for not knowing what the fuck that is because it's a brand new company that just got created basically so that I could have this job. Um, But it is uh, where we make George Dickel. Outstanding.
0: And if you do get a chance to go visit Nicole, make sure that you ask her to take a photo in front of the sign that has her name on it because oh, she hates it so much.
1: She do hate
0: it. <laughs> but it is the most adorable thing in the world because we're all super proud of you because you're a badass. Do
1: that, okay? That's fine. Um, there's also a really, I think the most solid hmm. photo app actually is like me next to the like. Bronze bust of George Dickel. Yes, right. It's just like a little deep reminder. It's like, yo, don't fuck this up because like there's a real deep heritage here. So no pressure. But it's been around for like more than a hundred years. So it'd be real embarrassing. If yeah, it that sounds amazing. One. Now, have
2: you commissioned your statue <laughs> wow. yet? Has the work begun?
1: Um, I've thought a lot. <laughs> I've thought a lot about this actually, <laughs> uh, because mm-hmm. no joke, right? Like founding president of New York's distiller, state distillers guild, right? Um, Plus, I was on that first board of directors for the American Craft Spirits (laughs) Association, and I really felt like at least one of those titles should have warranted either an oil painting or a bronze, right? And if Uh. I'm going to get that done, like, I want to get it done while I still look like this. You know,
0: <laughs> I love that you say this like the podcast is actually in video format. and We can all see how smoking hot you look right no. now. Did you dress up for us? Are you wearing no, like an wearing, evening gown? I'm
1: wearing pajamas. But, you know, but, because, but I'm 34, so I still look good in them.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'm pretty sure that we are now commissioning an oil painting or... Bronze bust that has been oil painted of you. I'm not sure how this is going to work out, but we're going to get it done. Oh man! But they're they're breathtaking pajamas. Really, a couple
1: years now. Like, shouldn't this definitely happen? Like,
0: no. But you, (laughs) you seriously have a pretty impressive like resume. Do you? I I know this must suck for you, and you get this asked all the time. But give us like the elevator rundown of your accomplishments, starting grades. You can either start at County or go back further. I mean, it's pretty great.
1: Um. Oh man! Okay, so we're gonna go back further. Uh, One of my like fun early accomplishments was um, the installation of some flow meters in a New York City sewer um, that performed and like stood the test of like 200 year storm. So you know, early accomplishments, New York City sewers, very exciting. But moving forward from that, uh, Kings County. So uh, Master Blender. Blended all the whiskeys from 2010 when we opened to 2016 when I left for Ireland. Um, In between there, uh, founding president, New York State Distillers Guild, um, did, you know, pass a bunch of laws, super helpful for people. Um, Really, my biggest accomplishment in that role was getting uh, New York State and Governor Cuomo to sponsor like a six figure price tag for a room at the Manhattan cocktail classic for all of the New York State distillers so that we could be presented to the, you know, influencers of the crew. Um, So that was a big accomplishment there. And also passing some laws so that you could sell by the glass and by the bottle um, out of your tasting room. So that was super exciting. And then founding board of the American craft spirits association. You know, we did some like minorly important things legislatively, um, and got a tattoo to, to commemorate that success. And that
0: was uh, that was you and Schilling, yes, right? Yes,
1: we sure did. We're still planning, yeah. like, if we manage to um, do a real good job on the TTV, you know, <laughs> label change proposals, it's like, what tattoo are we going to get? We're currently thinking Russian nesting doll barrels of various
2: You sizes. just don't want to get the entire yes, right? proposed rule changes tattooed onto you?
1: I mean, this will only be Mark's second tattoo, so I feel like he should still like, kind of ease him in. Oh, that's so adorable. I know. His first ever with me, I felt so privileged. God, then what else did I do? Okay, so legislative stuff. Yeah, that's what I um, think. Yeah. Oh, man, ran the conference committee for the conference in um, Denver, that first one. That was a legit ACSA role. That was a lot of work. Almost forgot about that. Um the state guilds committee when we founded <laughs> it i got real heavy in committee leadership at one point like, too hard too hard lean too hard into that.
0: right i think you were leading at least half the committees at one time and you were still sitting on the other half
1: that's not inaccurate
0: <laughs> i know i know because i was the other person who was like a member of every committee right. and it was always fun because i got to talk to you like <laughs> twice a week right. for at least like half a year
1: right you're like wait which committee call am i on right now is this state guilds is this conference committee i don't even remember right. but Boy, did we start something right um, that's still going strong, and I feel really good about it. Then, okay, what did I do after that? Um, so, Dave Pickerel hired me, that was the highlight, um, and taught me a ton of shit. I was his first hire, which still makes me feel pretty good. And then, I did some consulting on my own, you know, it helped a ton of really amazing folks. Got a job offer to be the commissioning engineer for the grain distillery that they were building in Tullamore in Ireland for William Grant. Uh, So moved to Ireland and did that job for two years, just under two years, which was super fun to go back and be like an actual engineer who just does engineering. And then was totally planning to live there because... Why wouldn't you? Yeah, you got a horse there, right? I sure did. Um, I had a house, so I had I rented this adorable little like townhouse, and from that I could walk to a pub, to my stable, to a like very old castle, and I could literally see the distillery from my back porch. So <laughs> done, right? Like sort of right, literally living the dream in like this adorable town. Uh, So, yeah, I was pretty much planning to stay there, like, forever, um, or at least until I saw Ferries, and then got the call about his job. And a 1,000% could not say no, because what other, like, Dickel is that, it's that amazing middle ground in North American whiskey distilleries, where it's got that OG heritage, like, 1800s, totally legit origin story, like, makes amazing whiskey, but didn't blow up you know, like didn't get caught up in the bourbon boom. And so it hasn't been like expanded multiple times and automated by a ton of people. Like it's still waiting for someone to put their fingerprint on it. I can't think of any other distillery like that. So I couldn't say no.
0: And that's going to be your
1: finger. (laughs) Yeah. It's my whole hand.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The whole goddamn hand. Zeno, you know, I'm just waiting for you to jump in with a lewd joke. I feel like you're holding back.
3: Uh, No, no, not at all. I'm just enjoying the story. My whole hand is going
1: to wrap around this distillery.
3: I, I was thinking it was more of like inside, and then opening. So, uh, so
1: favorite, favorite. Okay, I, I would love everyone can contribute to this. But my current favorite um, Dickel cocktail is on a menu at a bar in Richmond called Cobra Cabana, and it's like yes. a metal bar. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like an OG metal bar, and they uh, have, are featuring Dickel Insider.
0: Uh, it, it does it like you cringe but you kind of have to laugh like what percentage of it just makes you want to like leave the room it's kind of like this podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah right. exactly yeah.
1: That's so why I brought it to you guys. It's like, you know who it, would really appreciate this?
0: <laughs> you know it's bad when you made us cringe from a drinking name. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's some high-level dick joke action.
1: Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's the story well, of my no. life now. That's what I right? do professionally
3: now. I'm like, so, Nicole, I don't know you very well, no. but you sound like a sassy black woman. Is
1: like Is that a dick joke too far? Like, yeah, I think no. it is, you know?
3: No, no, it's not too far. In <laughs> fact, you
0: you've set a new bar that we all will elevate ourselves to over the coming years. It's the
3: deepest this <laughs>
0: podcast has gone.
2: Oh. Yep. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't don't giggle at our jokes, Nicole. You just egg yeah. us on. It's really a bad just don't. Don't validate us. It has
3: it has been hard living up to that level.
1: It is. I mean, but I really I yeah, feel like you guys are really rising <laughs> to
3: the occasion right now. <laughs> yeah. Col- Colton's just about to say
0: boner. That, that's it. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, I, for one, am thrilled that you decided to come back over to the States. My understanding is they literally shipped your horse to they help sure, convince you to come back.
1: They sure did. Yeah. God, they that's sure amazing.
0: Did. Horse ship, man, Tell us about the horse shipment <laughs> negotiation. Um, yeah, that's what I want to know. Yeah, right.
1: so, yeah. Like in my head, this is me being like a really hardcore negotiator and I was really proud of myself and also sort of like testing, right? Like how much they actually want me and how much is this actually going to be like an entrepreneurial operation? but. I realized later, like as a business, you know, people normally negotiate for things like fat bonuses and like lots <laughs> of vacation time, which is something that the company has to like pay for every year, you know. Right. But I asked for just like one thing, one time. Just your like, horse, cool, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I really thought I like got one over on them, and then I thought harder about it, and it's like, no, nah, that was me being real dumb.
0: See, you should have re- you should have written the contract as such that they would have had to ship you a horse every year.
1: Yeah. Like, the secret bad. dream. That's my secret. Yeah. Dream. Just go back like, into the contract and change it. Blow on things. I'm totally going to blow it on like Irish horses.
3: <laughs> I I tire <laughs> of this mare. I need a new one.
1: <laughs> Don't you let her hear you, you, you peasants.
3: Yeah. Oh man, that is some high end shit that I can't even imagine. We're, that's we're doing now. our first, yeah.
1: uh, our like, so we're doing our first kind of proper event this weekend
3: at Dickel. I'm very excited. Oh, yeah? yeah. Uh What is that like? What does that entail? Uh, That that was very challenging, Zeno. Oh, yeah? Tell me about it.
1: (laughs) Right? I don't believe it.
3: I want to know about it. I really
1: don't think that this is what you want the content of your podcast to be for the next, like, 45 minutes.
3: I mean, it's a garbage (laughs) podcast. Nobody listens anyways. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) It's as interesting as... It's as is interesting as any dick joke that any one of us <laughs> are going to make. So,
1: but let <laughs> me tell you, my horse is the cutest horse, and we <laughs> went and did an event like last month at a beginner novice level, just to like make sure that everything was cool, cool, and did a fantastic job. And so this weekend, I will be moving up to doing three foot fences for my event. Which is very <sighs> exciting. I know it's a right. level up I'm only two levels away now from where i want to be and i'm super excited about it and i feel really good That's about a- it
0: you should you should
1: i do but i mean last year it's like extra exciting right like last year was a hot disaster it was a super hot disaster like
2: yeah, i brought you had her one over here year.
1: yo i literally fractured my spine the exact day that she arrived from Ireland. Whew. Like mm. that day. So we had an entire show season where I couldn't do hardly anything. And then when I got back riding again, I was obviously a little bit stiff and like not awesome and fell off again and fractured my tailbone. Like uncool.
0: I'm starting to see a theme with the horse situation. Uh
1: no, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: it's totally yeah. fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. It was the
2: stiffness.
3: Yeah, I was stiff. <laughs> I was so stiff. Way thing. to yeah. bring it back full circle, yeah. zeno Wait. So, did you ride your so like your first day of work? I imagine Nicole, you ride down your into the, the,
2: the down distillery. into the valley. That's what I would have done.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, down into the valley. Just come in. in. So, because
1: when I was in Ireland, I literally like plotted my course because I 100 percent could ride from the stable to the distillery. Like there was a grassy lane, and I could have gone around the fence. Like I had a course plotted. And once we were in commissioning, you know, I was on call 24 hours a day, basically. So there were so many times that I was riding my horse. And I'm like, please call me now. like, <laughs> please let Now be the phone call where I get the call and I have to go in and I'm just like gallop up like, I'm here.
0: If you don't put a hitching post up in the parking lot, I'm going to be so incredibly disappointed.
1: I was, it was a fantasy that I was completely living and it would have been possible. But of course, inevitably, like that never happens. And you only get phone calls. At like two AM on Christmas Eve, you know, um, that's how that actually happened.
2: <laughs> Were you back in the states? Okay. So, yeah.
0: so I actually do want to talk about the distilling side just a little bit. I mean, the horse oh, stuff it's is like the job that I actually will. do, and uh,
1: just, just like the tiniest yeah,
0: amount. But yeah, you had mentioned a, like yeah. getting your whole fist in there, and I want to know what is your goal? What are you doing to change? You know, one. You know, honor the tradition that's there, but also, like you said, put your fingerprint on it. What are some of your, what are your long term and you know, short term goals?
1: Oh man, so a couple, right? So I spent the first year really just trying to learn like how the distillery works and how the company works, and just trying to figure out what's going on. Also, like how one might go for like scale a brand at a scale that I've never really operated in. So mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of learning, but in the distillery. I, so we've done a couple of things. Um, when, right after I started, we commissioned a new still section. So we have a new rectification <clears throat> section that is um, adjacent to the top of the stripping still that we have kind of full control over. You can bypass it and continue to make it go all the way it's historically been made, or you can put the vapor into this additional rectification section and turn on as many of the atrays as you want. So there's a huge amount of... Operational flexibility that's been added, and I've really been taking that for test drive uh, with some different yeasts and some different mash bills, and just kind of trying to see like what the distillery is really capable of executing. Because the whole concept behind Cascade Hollow is that it gives me the opportunity to create other whiskeys that are maybe not George Dickel, right? You don't want to like mess with the heritage that George Dickel has, but still. This distillery is capable of so much more, right? So I've really been taking that out for a ride and trying to see like what kind of things we can make, um, and I'm really excited about a couple of them. And then,
2: so those those will all be on... those will all be line extensions, not specifically Dickel. You'll you'll keep Dickel the same as much coming. as
1: um, I, honestly I haven't made any kind of concrete decisions, so I am <laughs> releasing a new Dickel um, innovation this May. But for Dickel, I'm mostly focusing on like our mature stock. So there's kind of two pathways for like different whiskeys that I'm investigating. So one of them is, you know, distillation and like what different things can we distill. And then the other one is we have this warehouse full of mature inventory that is like older than I've been in the industry, which is a privilege. <laughs> Right. So I have all this whiskey that it was distilled before I was even like considered being a distiller. Um, that's just mine to play with now. And so I've been going through that as well and trying to think about, like, what might I want to make from that? So um, that is the source of that. That mature stock is the source of my first innovation. So that's going to be in May. Um, I'm putting out a Dickel Bottled and Bond.
3: Nice.
1: Yeah, so we'll do a George Dickel Bottle and Bond, but just because I always have to be a little bit extra, um, it's 13 years old. I dig it.
3: <laughs> New it's Bottle Dickel and Bond, extra, extra bonded.
1: Yeah. Oh, genius. You want to be on my
2: marketing <laughs> yeah. team?
3: Yeah, that's amazing. That's a, you know, it's a crazy transition. Like I think, I don't know if Brian was on yet, you were saying you were speaking so highly of the operators. Oh, they're amazing. And yeah, with my, my time with Cream Funtory, mm-hmm. I uh, I really enjoyed that aspect of it too. You get some people who have been there like 30, 40 yeah. years. I'm sure you run yeah, into that yeah. too. Like, and you're like, it's crazy. You're like, you've seen this all happen around you. And it sounds like it's a little different from the Booker No plant that where I frequented in Kentucky, Like as in there's not as much automation. They didn't hit the big bourbon boom, but it, there's still that same, same authenticity about it. And that's a delicate line, I'm sure. I don't know if you struggle with it or how it is. What you're always
1: I always wonder about, like how what is because yeah. automation can be incredibly useful, right? And I'm not a luddite. Like I'm not sitting here like trying to make stuff exactly the way they made it in like 1860 just for the shits and giggles of it. Like people died when they were like 22. Then you know, <laughs> like,
3: right? And like and that's where yeah, that's where you come in. They didn't make as much back then as you're making now, right? And I'm also like
1: anything, so my kind of, and I have not decided on this, but the philosophy that I've sort of landed on for how automation fits in the Cascade Hollow distillery is like anything safety related, right? So, you know, if we're talking like auto shutoffs or like temperature monitoring, anything sustainability related. So, you know, for example, like we just did a big upgrade to improve, um, like efficiency on cooling water usage you know like why why wouldn't mm-hmm. you do that right like there's no there's no, right. there's nothing glamorous about using more water than you need but so i see it as like the support but you don't want to functionally change how the operators are like really doing their day-to-day job and like giving them so you want to, i want them to still have like a ton of manual control and sort of be able to really like tweak things in a way that is like viscerally really obvious, but then have this sort of like automation sitting in the background as a support.
3: Yeah. And I, it's kind of what the, what we ran into one of the Suntory guys on the Japanese guy said, he's like, you have to change to stay the same sometimes. Mm-hmm. So like to try to try and protect that. Right. And that's, but it, I'm sure it's going to be a constant battle. Yeah, and
1: if the same is being like, the best, then, like, of course you have to change, right? If if what you're chasing is mm-hmm. being the best, then that benchmark is always going to move.
3: That's awesome. That sounds exciting. And sounds like you're actually the – the timber of your voice sounds like you're uh, really enjoying what you're I doing. I really
1: so. love it. I am the luckiest. Mm-hmm. Like, if this is – I'm not sure this is the best job, but it's top ten.
3: Would you ever go back to a craft – like go smaller, or would you only go bigger from here out? This is what I say to all the guests. <laughs> you go smaller or only bigger from here on <laughs> yeah, out. I,
1: mean,
0: I want to know be too thinking a <laughs> friend. Yeah. Yeah,
3: more about yeah. yeah.
1: finesse than size. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I don't have either of those things, so I don't know. Uh, what were we talking about again? Pretty uh, sure it was penises, guys. <laughs> uh, you're disgusting, Brian. Oh, oh. I quit this <laughs> podcast. No, in all seriousness, though, like it's, it's, would you, it's such a different world, right? Like, would you go back to something like Kings County, right? The small, which is I, still significantly smaller. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Orders of magnitude smaller. I had, I, I'm sure I told you this, I had that realization when I was at Tullamore that in one 12 hour shift at Tullamore, I made as much whiskey as Kings County had made in like 2015. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, I'm so, yes, I definitely.
3: I mean, it's a stupid bullshit question. Now, like, you're happy at your job, and you're court, like, "I'm buying a house." Right? It's but, like, what yeah.
1: other job would you like to have? Please tell your bosses how long exactly <laughs> you're willing to. I'm it. sure that. I'll tell you what, I want my retirement job to be. So, my like retirement dream is to get one of those um, French like stills that fit on a cart that they used to like take around to all the various wineries and I want to get one of those yes. and like two Clydesdales and basically <laughs> wander up and down the Hudson Valley. you <laughs> like, go.
2: I don't know why you're waiting for right? retirement. That sounds like money-making operation now, right, right there.
0: <laughs> <You do>. I'm, <laughs> like I'm pretty sure like during that summer shutdown like this, period, right? you can just go to the Hudson Valley and just start
1: <laughs> yeah. doing this. I I will not say that I haven't thought about it. Right. And so I want to take my, so my best friend, Phil speaks fluent French and I'm still waiting for him to take me to France so that I can like negotiate the purpose of one of these. <laughs> and then, yeah, pretty much once that happens, like he will just find me occasionally in a random wine region, like doing that or apples. Right. That's what I want to do.
3: Like in New York. Awesome. I will tell you what, I'm going to Calvados in a couple of weeks, for two oh, weeks. You'll keep for so yeah, keep keep eye the carts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, I'm yeah. so jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Wait,
1: bring me back something? No, but seriously? A Clydesdale? <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, a Clydesdale <laughs> yeah. pulling a cart. I'm going to ride it through the water. Uh, horses can swim, right? This I know amazingly little no, about horses. They,
1: they, they can <laughs> swim. Yes, they can. A,
3: no, I, I, got, I got this. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's going to turn out great. What could go wrong?
0: What could go wrong? (laughs) Okay. So I want to back up a little bit and talk a little bit more about your work on ACSA because you're still on the board. Uh, How much longer
1: uh, are you off the board now? I am am not on the board of directors. So um, I am – because I'm no longer a voting member. That's right. right. Um, So I – yes. So I do – and just to be crystal goddamn clear for anyone – who is listening to this podcast, I do not vote in ACSA. I'm not a voting member, nor at this moment do I sit on the board of directors. I am, however, still co-chair of the legislative committee. So Mark and I still work quite closely together on all of the legislative actions, including the lobbying for the FAT reduction to be made permanent, as well as the uh, really glamorous work of collating and somehow putting into a readable format all of our comments on the TTB proposed
2: rulemaking. Like, but you you you're, you're also you're also both both you and Brian are technically on the safety committee as well. You I have, am technically
1: on the safety committee. You have committee, done more although,
2: work than Brian on, on the safety committee. Let's also admit that
1: like. <laughs> Uh, the safety committee formed and then I took a hard, like, I have a concussion and can't make (laughs) words and basically disappeared. And then as soon as I was planning on getting back into it, this TTV proposed rulemaking thing happened. And I was like, wow, that's a real lot of time, like super lot of time. And I'm trying to take my lesson learned from the last time around and be like, Hey, actually you can't chair four committees (laughs) at once. Uh, work-life balance. 'Cause I'm in my
0: thirties Col- now. Colton, Nicole literally made the iHeart distilling safety buttons. What more do you want from mm-hmm. her? That was I a know. much bigger contribution <laughs> than anyone else on that committee has provided yet besides yourself.
3: <laughs> it's so funny. I've got to watch this committee dwindle <laughs> from a, from a, from the outside. Like I saw you guys in Pittsburgh, you're like a bunch of you got in a room and you're like all pumped up about it, which yep. is you should be because safety is important, but and then it's just like kind of petered I don't think out. That's true.
1: About yeah. you guys have produced so you produced webinars, you had we a whole fucking webinars. conference that was just about <laughs> safety. Like, I think you're dramatically underestimating your accomplishments here. You're laying a foundation. Like, remember how zero people attended our first ACSA convention <laughs> and we were all panicking that this organization wasn't gonna be a thing, and then here we are years later, like, oh wow, it's totally working. You're you're underselling. Uh, I think
0: the key is uh, Zeno is pointing out Fair that enough. there were like 40 members and now there's just Colton. I agree. The successes <laughs> are there, but it's because it's Colton. <laughs> I've ousted yeah. everyone yeah, yeah, on no, myself. Colton's everyone doing, knows how much I hate complimenting <laughs> Colton. So great. that says a lot right there. <laughs> I swear
1: to God, I absolutely promise you that as soon as our comments are submitted on the TGU proposal making,
2: I will come back and help you. Okay. make labels safer. Make labels
3: safer. That's what we need. Well, at least... He doesn't even ask me to do anything, which is great because I'm inept. So, but you, no, you have a good point, Nicole. Small wins are big wins at that point, like when you're trying to store yes. something. And even the fact that you're having webinars it's is amazing. awesome.
1: No, just the right. act of existing is a revolution.
3: Yeah, you're like Zeno, you're a dick. Shut up. That's pretty much what you said. And it's pretty well, much. I the want theme you guys to podcast. know I came
2: up with this idea of safety on my own. <laughs> no one had ever thought of it before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I I have no rebuttal to that. Colton. All right. All
0: right. Since Colton Ah. has the entire uh, distilling safety thing kind of buttoned up, we're going to let him take care of that. (laughs) Nicole, tell us what's happening legislatively. The rule changes in FET because I know those are your favorite things to talk about in the world.
1: And frankly, can I tell you, you're asking the wrong person because since I moved, I was not on the last conference call on Friday. (laughs) So I totally failed about being on the Friday conference call. But here's what I can tell you. There is no clear vehicle at this moment. However, bills have been dropped in both the House and the Senate. Um, If I was smart, I would look them up right now, but we can probably fix that in post with the bill numbers. And what we need at this moment is as many co-sponsors as possible. So I've drafted a very fancy email, which I am happy to send to any. State Guild uh, leaders to forward out to their members. Basically, what we need at this moment is for everybody to run around and call their senators and call their congressmen, because a lot of congressmen are new and freshmen, and make sure that they get on to these bills as co sponsors, because that's what we need to be teed up, right? So, like, the more co sponsors we have, If a vehicle does present itself, which they do tend to, right? Like, we can attach ourselves to any bill that appears to be moving, even if it has only the most tenuous relationship to what we're trying to accomplish. So there was one point during the FBT, like, we were trying to attach ourselves to a transportation bill, and we actually came pretty close, right? Um, So – as long as we are poised, basically, the more co-sponsors you have and the more sort of bipartisan, really broad support that you have, especially from key members of committees, then you're sort of at the top of the pile when it comes to negotiations, if a bill is moving, to be considered to be attached to that an amendment. But so that's our goal. That's what we're looking at. Um, and so we're trying to just put ourselves in the best possible position so that when something comes up, we can take advantage. Beautiful.
3: Awesome. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Nicole, we do a thing on this podcast. Please stop (laughs) calling me sir. That's upsetting. (laughs) You you totally Um, threw him off his game. He has absolutely uh, no idea what to do now. (laughs) I know. I was just gonna. I just was gonna do my like apathetic uh, like uh, final thoughts grumble. Mm -hmm. Um, We usually do a final thoughts thing. Um, Do you think (laughs) this is our final thoughts? Do you think that 2019 is the year of (laughs) rum?
1: Okay, funny you should ask that because I actually just agreed to be on like a Tales of the Cocktail seminar about regionality and rum. And funny story about this is, I got the email and the text about it, and I was like, Did you mean to ask for me? Because, like, I don't think I belong on this panel and I don't have shit to say about this. And, like, I'm pretty sure you emailed accidentally the entire wrong person and had to be reassured (laughs) multiple times that, like, no, no, we actually would like you to be on this panel. (laughs) Uh, But. I mean, rum is clearly trending, as evidenced in my email chain of people asking uh, to talk about it. I hope so, because rum is interesting.
3: I don't know. I have mixed
1: feelings. I have mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings about rum. But I don't know fuck all about rum, so I should shut up.
3: Well, you should travel travel down in Louisiana for Tales of the Cocktail. I'm trying to get people, like everyone that I've ever <laughs> talked to ever in this industry to come down.
1: Well, I, right? well, I may or my, may not have to go because I may or may not be on a panel. And, by the way, one of my old distillers at King's excellence. County has opened a rum distillery um, in New Orleans.
3: Yeah, Rulé's <laughs> on. Roulay's on. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Andrew, Patrick. Andrew, Patrick. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He is. He's doing yeah, great stuff. he's doing an yep.
1: amazing job. So I'm excited about, like, seeing what's going on with him. And do you remember, um, do you remember the distillery um, – in Louisiana, I think it was Louisiana Spirits, who they won yeah. like a gold medal. Buy they it. won best in show at one of their early shows. Yeah, they're doing yeah. great. Yeah,
0: so yeah they rum are.
1: Ha- they America has been were, happening yeah. for a while. And maybe people are just Okay, you
0: heard it today. here. Nicole Austin says it is the year of rum. Yeah. Completely unironically. You heard it so here. With great authority.
2: We <laughs> 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 all know where Dickles wait, wait, moving. Wait, wait, before you go, <laughs> though,
0: there is one accolade you left out that I wanted to tie back in because I was so happy for you. Um, for a listener who doesn't know, Nicole um, Austin is also part of the lovely established Good Guy Distillers group that we interviewed John McKee uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago, and you were the new queen of the uh, Good Guy Distillers group, which means right. you won a shit ton of awards. Ooh. You had a bunch of medals on you, and we christened you queen for the year because you uh, you basically knocked it out of the park. So uh, long live the queen.
1: lady. <laughs> I don't think yeah. you realize the like tiny tear that was shed when that happened. And I don't think that you all appreciate how much that meant to me. Um, although I did give a drunken speech about it. So maybe. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure we all have video it.
0: of the drunken speech and the dive into the water. So yeah, it's pretty spectacular. <laughs> I was, it was definitely a highlight of the. yeah, uh,
1: It was very special. I really was like, I had a serious concern that if I took this job that like I wasn't going to get to hang out with all my like craft distiller families anymore and that you all would kick me out. And I was, word of God, almost said no on the back of that. And thankfully like Tom and Paul were like, you're, don't be crazy. Um, you know, take this amazing job. (laughs) Like you've done enough. People will still trust you. And thank God I listened to them, but it really was. Like extra special to have it confirmed that I
3: could still be a part of my family. Oh, now I'm <laughs> tearing up. All right. Yeah, thank you, Nicole. Yeah. I know.
1: I'll be the first queen with like probably like an agenda, and by the way, like whoever has it next is gonna have to like continue that, and there will be conference calls. Oh like, yeah, I'll it's gonna it's gonna get like
0: real in depth. It's I don't know if Zoom. anyone knows what's <laughs> coming, and I'm I for one am excited about how much you're gonna <laughs> fuck this up, and it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> you're gonna kill it. You're gonna kill, kill, kill it. it. All right, thank you, Nicole Austin. You are the best. Thank you. Love Dude. you, guys. <laughs> Damn it. Love you, Nicole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See ya. The Still Talking Podcast is brought to you by G&D Chillers and you have a very cool creative.
3: voice there.
0: Zeno, you know, say something intelligent, sassy, or smart.
3: Wait, aren't like at least three of those things <laughs> the same? Yeah, I know. Right? I know. That's,
0: that's why I said you're supposed to say, okay, you said something sassy, so fuck you. We're done. <laughs> Clever, God. high I feel crew like creative <laughs> would, would have been able what to is do it? a much better job on that. Uh, that was it. Editor. Was it high croof?
3: Are we, are we <laughs> now sponsored by someone else? What's a croof? You, you know,
0: know. Yeah. you fuck me up with but, all the uh, cream bumtory stuff. I mean, do it I really messes up? Do I pay tax on proof uh, <laughs> gallons?
2: That's what our sponsors want, <laughs> is to obfuscate their names. Right.
0: It's very important to mumble through the uh, the actual sponsors, yes. what they do, and if at all possible, just completely misrepresent them. So thank you, High Proof Creative, for all of your quality work. And again, apologies for your poor choices working with us.
3: Yeah. If you want clarity in your message and you want it to get out there, you could go with someone like High Proof Creative. Um, <laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, all right. Yeah, that's uh, it was it was pretty cool. Oh, speaking of cool, it,
0: oh wait, that's G and D Chillers. Oh uh, yeah,
3: you got it. We love you for your sharp wit.
0: You know what? Uh, if you want to find someone, what say? Oh, go ahead, Colton. You know, say what, something Nicole better.
2: could have used a dickel with their new uh,
3: water treatment plants. <laughs> that's true. Some help from our friends at G and D Chillers. I wonder how big. I don't know. Actually, this is a good question. I'm gonna. How big a scale, what's the biggest job that G&D Chillers has done? That's a question for them when they will inevitably be on this podcast, right? It's important
0: yeah. to go ahead and ask people who aren't on the podcast
2: so that we can just As speculate. we hate to do is wildly speculate. We never speculate. I think the G&D yeah. Chillers have if installed any- the chilling system for the
3: U.N. For the U.N.'s distillery? <laughs> no, just the U.N. Yeah. Just the U.N. Yeah, just, I love just that. Just the U.N. engine. I love that you guys don't know that I've been doing. Is it the year of rum? Every fucking final thought now.
0: Oh no, no, we we noticed.
3: We're but like you we, keep thinking I'm going to do something different. I think, and I'm not. Yeah, I just keep forgetting. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't be talking
2: about it because I'm ruining it. I keep forgetting for myself. I keep forgetting if it's the year of Rum. I I keep waiting to find out.
0: (laughs) Right. I can't recall what we decided, but I'm pretty sure the next guest will tell us what year it is.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Um I love Nicole's answer though. It was
0: great. It was it was actually highly intelligent, which (laughs) kind of is out of place. (laughs) Yeah. For our podcast. Again, the Still Talking Podcast is brought to you today by G and D chillers. And high proof creative. Thank you guys. And Thanks. I don't know what else to say. Sweet. Thanks.
3: And uh, find us on um, other podcasts. I don't know where. Find where, us- where do you find get us on Buzzfeed's
0: top ten worst podcasts in America?
3: The podcast app on your phone. Um, that's a that's an iPhone thing only. I'm an old man, and I only use Apple phones. Right. If you
0: if you do the Google search, um, you will find podcasts that you can listen to and eventually I imagine you will find us. Yeah.
3: I mean <laughs> eventually.
0: Yeah. I mean after you've listened Way to down. at least eight thousand murder <laughs> podcasts, we will be
3: there in the lineup. Or you can listen to the dollop. I really like the dollop. Not the live versions, but the dollop is really good. Oh. So.
0: are we are we plugging other podcasts right now? Well, <laughs> I
3: thought that's just what we were gonna do now. I think I plugged one last week. Uh, right? I'm not so. opposed to it. I actually yeah. think
0: this podcast would be significantly better if we just spent the time <laughs> plugging other podcasts
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah I well, yeah I mean, the only one I've ever listened to really is the dollop. My wife listens to some, but right I don't know. right. Uh, but yeah, so uh, find us where you find those other good podcasts. Yeah. Yep. And uh, find us,
0: give us a review. If, at the very least, don't think of us, think of our guests. For whatever reason, incredibly smart people have actually been talking to us. They spent at least so 35 give minutes. Us a solid with us. review for them.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad to have Nicole on here because I'm sick of talking to dudes all the time. Well, what's wrong with dudes? I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that's a little sexist, man. Everything's wrong with dudes. Like the three dudes on this podcast literally oh. i don't have enough time to, to talk yeah,
0: yeah. we're we we're legitimately the worst there's the dudes no that we discursion. interview
3: are great but it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: all right i think that closes it out i love you idiots dummies i love you dummies oh that got mean i'm sorry
3: no it's fine whatever no.
0: No. <laughs> <Ugh>.
3: <laughs> love you all right see ya